0: Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. You are tuning in as as church. We're taking like a Sabbath Sunday to celebrate the 4th of July and to be with family and to be with friends. And even for us as a church, it has been a long season out of COVID. And it's just good to take a little breather every once in a while. But I want to wish you a happy 4th of July. And I just want to declare may God bless America. I know our nation is so far from perfect, but guess what? That's why we are here, the church, to bring heaven heaven to earth, you know, as a missionary's son, uh, I grew up, even overseas, from the time I was eight, I was going all over the world with my parents preaching the gospel. Well, I wasn't back then, but um, my parents were... And I would just say, sometimes we lose sight of the benefits and the blessing that we do have. And so we should be grateful for all the things gone wrong. God wants to make it right through people like you and me. We we should bring change to the world around us because ultimately we are citizens of heaven. And yet we are living right here in the United States of America. So let's not be people that hurl insults or try to tear down. Let's be people that build up, bring help, bring healing. Let's be grateful. And let's restore the brokenness around us. And let's bring revival right here in Kansas City and to our entire nation. So I hope you're enjoying the holiday weekend. And I am enjoying um, the opportunity to get to bring this message to you. You know, last week into this week, we've been transitioning out of our season and series dealing with soul struggles and emotional health Uh, We've called it, It Is Well, that it would be well with our soul. And now I want to bring a declaration for our summertime, the rest of the summertime, talking about brighter days. As we've been dealing with the broken places of our past and maybe even present emotional mess, uh, I want us to get out of struggle season and walk in the better days that God has prepared for us. Our key verse for today is Galatians chapter 5, verse one, it says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again to the yoke of of slavery. Now, a lot of context in this verse. Paul is saying that we're not living under the law anymore. We're living under grace. But I just love that thought that, hey, we've been made free in Christ, but we have to make a decision to stand firm in the freedom that Jesus has already given us. Don't go back to slavery, slavery to your sin, slavery to your struggle, slavery to oppression or depression in your life. No. You've been made free, and yet we've got to learn to stand firm. In other words, it's easy to slide back into the status quo of the soul of your yesterday. We've got to make a decision. We're going to stand firm in the freedom that we've already been given. One translation says, stay free. Now that you are free, stay free. So I'd love to take just a few moments and speak from this title, staying free. But God does not want you to go back to your yesterday. He wants to open the door of destiny opportunity for your tomorrow. Freedom is what you already have in Christ. And I want to declare to you, greater freedom is where you are headed. That the things that used to hold you back, you're going to walk through. By the grace of God, of course, we got to make decisions to walk according to the will of God. But it's going to lead us into greater freedom. We are not sliding back. We are standing firm. We are staying free. Paul said, don't get shackled back to who you used to be. Be free. Stand firm. Stay free. See, freedom from bondage and baggage of your yesterday is what God wants to deliver you from so you can experience destiny and ultimately who He has created you to be. So what exactly are we free from? There's a powerful theological theme that you need to understand. It's called the principle of the first. Anytime something is mentioned first, it is significant in Scripture. And I want to look at Jesus' first sermon. Jesus didn't even write his own first sermon, although he is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us, so I guess that he did. But he just picks up a scroll from Isaiah, and he just reads a declaration of what he came I love this translation. It's from the Living Bible. It's Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord has appointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to announce that the captive shall be released, and the blind shall see, that the downtrodden shall be freed from their oppressors, and that God is ready to give blessing to all who come to him. Jesus said, let me tell you what my ministry is about. It's about liberation of people. It's about the healing and restoration of people. And it's about blessing people. Another translation of our theme verse from Galatians 5 verse 1, it says, freedom is what we have in Christ. Christ has set us free. There's three themes I want you to get of what Jesus has already set you free, freedom that you already have in Christ because of the cross. And when we have soul-sabotaging struggles in our life or in our heart, you need to come back to these truths and realize that Jesus has already paid the price and has a plan to empower us so that we can overcome these issues and live in freedom. We can stay free in these places. The first one is this, is you are free from the burden of guilt. Guilt robs us of so much joy, happiness, and peace because we beat ourselves up for something that Jesus was already broken on the cross for. Yeah. Yeah. Guilt robs you of destiny, purpose about your future because you're still looking back to your yesterday. Yeah. Guilt yeah. is a big cause for depression. It can make you literally physically sick when you're living under guilt. And shame. I think it keeps us feeling like we're far from God. It keeps us separated from healthy relationships, intimacy with the right kind of people and healthy community. So we got to get rid of the guilt in order to go on to what God has for us. So when God deals with something that you did wrong or maybe that you're even doing wrong, that's conviction. That's actually a beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit to protect us. But condemnation, that's a whole nother thing. That's from the enemy. When you get a conviction, you can bring it to God. And guess what, he'll set you free from that sin or that struggle in your life. But when you're constantly replaying all the problems or the pain in your lives of your causing or what has been done to you, you're getting trapped in your yesterday, or like Paul would say, you're getting burdened again with that yoke of slavery. See, the weight of your mistakes have already been carried to the cross. Ephesians chapter 1. For by the death of Christ, we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God, which he has given us in such a large measure. Many times we minimize the grace of God and maximize our mistakes. But the truth is, no matter what you have done, no matter how many mistakes you have made, there is no mistake, issue, or sin cycle greater than the grace of God. What a large, bountiful gift of freedom our souls can have in our inside world because what Jesus has already done for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. The Bible tells us, and I'll paraphrase this, that God's taken our sins and put them behind his back. In other words, Jesus is our covering. He says he separated them as far as the east is from the west. He says, I put them in a place where I choose not to remember them anymore. Sometimes we can forgive, but we don't always forget. But God has made the decision to. He's made a decision that I will forgive you and then I forget about it. The Bible says in Psalms that when we confess our sins to him, he takes him and buries him in the deepest part of the ocean. I think God also puts up a no swimming sign there. And yet when we're living in guilt, we're trying to tread water in the memory of our old mistakes. And we have a lifeguard named Jesus who rescues us from the misery in our mental world, our emotional world, where we keep swimming into waters where God says, no, 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 that's not a place for you to live in yet. Let me take you out of that instability of your guilt and put you on the foundation and the rock of salvation. Then there's nothing that can take you away from that firm place of freedom from your sins. You do not have to wrestle or deal with or feel the weight of your guilt or shame anymore. There's another place I feel like so many of us need to experience freedom in Christ, and that is the the freedom we now have to be free from the pressure to conform or perform for others. I think this is so powerful. It literally will set you free, not having to please everybody by pretending to be perfect or placating to other people in their own issues and problems, yeah. but just being confident in who you are called yeah, to be true. and that you are already enough to God. Yeah. He already says, I've chosen you just as you are. Yeah. He loves us so much, he's not going to leave us this way. Yeah. But we don't have to do anything to gain his pleasure that's or good. attention. Yeah. We already live from a place called affection. That's it's amazing to me when I see like a new fashion style or trend. Uh, someone is edgy; they they, they take a risk. Yeah, yeah. That like, eventually, all those people that kind of are saying I'm nonconformist all seem to look exactly alike. <laughs> <laughs> they all seem to kind of talk the same way, love the same things. They all seem to conform to each other uh, in the same way. I think the truth is for us as we get out of conformity to this world, yeah. we can find a true identity, yeah. and we don't. Make, we might not look like anybody else, yeah. except we start to look, feel, act, and walk like Jesus. Yeah. We start to live in this place of God affection, not people approval. If you've ever asked yourself the question, why do I struggle to express my real opinions to people? Uh, why do I despise the disapproval of people? Uh, Why do I allow myself to be manipulated by others? You have an approval addiction. And God wants to deliver you from that. That is a yoke of slavery you're not called to carry any longer. Jesus really says, I want to make you free to be who I've created you to be. To be yourself, your real self, the best of me coming out of your life. It says in 1 Thessalonians, uh, we do not aim to please men, but to please God who knows us through and through. In other words, we don't have to put up a mask of conformity to the world around us. We don't have to try to fit into who society says we should be. The truth is we're becoming new creations in Christ. We can get our identity from Him. And the truth is when we're pleasing God, you're going to be pleasing all the right people. If you've been living for God, maybe it's a new season of being all in for the things of Jesus Christ, and some people are not pleased with your decisions, you are probably not there to please them. They were probably places of pain, trying to enslave you to your yesterday, and when we get liberated in the freedom of Christ, we're free to actually be who he's called us to be. If you've had approval addiction, I want you to start to move in your mindset, that I'm not trying to look a certain way, act a certain way. I'm no longer thirsty for the attention of a group of people. I'm living soul-satisfied. It's no longer look at me, notice me. No, I'm living from a soul-satisfied place knowing that I am loved by God. And when you get to that place, I get so excited for people in our church that start to make the transition out of the, the approval of people to living from the opinion of heaven. Because yeah. when heaven looks at you, even with all your hangups, hardships, and mistakes, no, it says, that's my son and my daughter whom I deeply love. And just to receive the affirmation of heaven starts to give you confidence, not even in yourself, but the Christ in you, that hope of glory for the world around you. You're gonna put your shoulders back and you no longer are trying to please people or your parents or society, you're living in a satisfied place of freedom and fulfillment. The third place I feel like God wants to give us all a real freedom and for us to stay free is he wants to free us from desires that derail our destiny. I'm talking about sin struggles in our life. It says in John chapter eight, Jesus says, Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. But if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. To me, it speaks about getting out of my own willpower. And your willpower is very important. I would highly encourage you to grow in your willpower. But the truth is your willpower will not set you free from all the sin struggles in your life. You need God's amazing grace. You need God's empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live in freedom, and to stay in freedom. That's awesome. God, Jesus is saying, if you got these bad habits, these sinful hang-ups, wrong thoughts, wrong desires, if you got lust in your life, if you're trying to medicate yourself in places where you feel empty, you might have a hang-up, but what we can hold on to is because we have this spirit of adoption, we then receive this spirit Jesus talks about that says we can cry out to God and we can use the term, Abba, Father. In other words, it's a term of endearment. It's like saying, you're my real dad. You're my daddy. I I, I don't need the attention and approval of anyone else. I don't need to fulfill my own desires anymore. I have a soul satisfaction from who I belong to that I am a son and daughter of God. Galatians chapter 5. It says, if you are guided by the Spirit, in other words, if you're tuning in to God leading you, God speaking to you, God comforting you, God encouraging you, you'll no longer be in danger of yielding into self-indulgence, since self-indulgence is the opposite of the Spirit, or the Spirit of God. I believe what it's saying there, Paul writes, that staying free is more about drawing close to the comforter and receiving his correction and direction than it is about you trying to conquer every one of your hangups, only utilizing your own willpower. Some of you, you have some pretty strong disciplines in your life, but you cannot discipline yourself out of brokenness. The truth is you need the Holy Spirit to speak, lead, restore, and heal your inside world one of the themes that we're stepping into for the rest of the summer as a part of brighter days is that we're wanting to grow in our spiritual depth. We don't want to just come into church on a Sunday and need to be pumped up for the moment. We want to be digging deep throughout the week. And yes, knowing more about God is so powerful, but the real goal is to know God more. There's a huge difference. Yes, we want to grow in doctrine, theology, wisdom, But really what wisdom is, is the application of knowledge. So we want to not just know more, we want to know God more. We want to live that life that's pleasing to Him. And and it gives us, the Word of God gives us steps to staying free. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple steps. We talked about three areas where we need to have freedom. Let me give you three ways to get there. In Exodus 19, verse 10, as, as God was delivering His people out of Egypt, Out of the slavery from Pharaoh, God speaks to Moses and says, hey, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. He says, consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Like literally, he said, I want them to go get a, a, a new fit on. I want you to go, let's clean off all of the dust and residue that they've been carrying for 400 plus years in slavery. And for us too, we need to understand that even though we are in this world, we are not of this world, but we get contaminated by this world all the time. In fact, it works a lot like allergies. I don't know about you, but this feels like the allergy season that has never ended. (laughs) Like, I feel like I've gotten allergies 80 times in the last couple of months. Uh, there's these invisible things that affect us. Yeah. And just living in this world, whether we like it or not, we get contaminated by the world that's around us. Yeah. But we need to make the decision to wash away your yesterday. Yeah. Wow. To, to make the decision. And I, it, it, God speaks to Moses and he says, it's a consecration. Mm-hmm. Big biblical word. But what it really means is just set yourself apart, yeah. take the time, get clean. Get some things restored in your life, and let's shake the dust of yesterday's problems and dilemmas off so that we can step into our future. This is a passage normally used in, in, in weddings. It's Ephesians um, chapter 5. It says, The husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up to her to make her holy. But then it's still speaking about what Jesus does for us, giving us an example of what husbands should do for wives. It says, cleansing her with the washing with water through the Word. In other words, there's something about the Word that cleans us. It's something about this living water flowing out of Jesus. We know that's the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Word of God. And when we begin to apply the word to us gently over time the saturation of all the mess of the world around us gets stripped away and we have this freedom and just cleanliness in our hearts and souls. Later on in the same Exodus story God speaks to Joshua and says Consecrate yourself today for tomorrow I'll do wonders among you. In other words take the time to get the residue in your soul and the struggles. Maybe you do it with a friend and say hey these are the issues that I've been dealing with. The Bible says when we pray for each other, confess our sins to each other and pray for each other, we are healed. In other words, there's a wholeness that comes in just getting that, let's just call it a Bible bath. (laughs) Like letting this become something that I'm believing about myself. And I'm allowing it to check me and challenge me. To not try to do more, but to realize it's already been done for me. And the more I have a revelation of that, the more it's just like the gentle washing over my life, my heart, my mind, my soul, and I can become new and renewed again. This week, I wanna challenge everyone in the church. Maybe you're not in our church, you're just watching this. I wanna challenge you read the book of Galatians this week. It's got six chapters, one a day, we'll get you through the next Sunday. Uh, And just realize there's so many principles. Obviously, we have our key verse from this passage or from this book this week. But there's so much in there about, hey, you're not a slave to sin anymore. It gives us so much truth about who we are in Christ. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul also writes like, dimly now we see as looking through a mirror, but soon we'll see clearly like face to face. In other words, we're, we're getting a viewpoint of who Jesus is, and it's a reflection of who we're called to be. And we don't always see it clearly in the moment. But the more we stay in the gaze of who he is, what he's done, and how much God is for us, the more we begin to see ourselves for like, man, we are a new creation in Christ. My second step for you in staying free is to get a new mirror. Quit looking. We talked about people pleasing and approval addiction. Quit looking to people to validate you. Your value is the same to God as Jesus because at the cross he made a straight up trade for you. So the more we're getting the washing of the word, the more that mirror that shows us who we really are in Christ gets cleared and then we're having this face-to-face God encounter. Um, at, At my gym... Uh, there's a mirror that just makes me look like an absolute swolger. <laughs> now, I know it's not true. They have tricked me into thinking the workouts are, are are effective. But it's just something about the lighting or the angle. I just look good. The truth is, All of our lives don't look that good all the time. We all got issues and hang-ups and things God's working on, but the more I'm looking in the mirror of the Word of God for my validation and security, the more freedom and faith rises up in me, yeah. that man, I, this makes me look better, feel better than maybe I actually am right now. But then it gives me hope that this is one day gonna become the reality of my life. Yeah. Dimly now we see as we're looking in the mirror, but soon it'll be a revelation of face to face. In other words, the more I look into this, the more I find out who I really am and who I'm called to be. Some of us have such a broken past. We're always looking through life through the rear view mirror instead of the windshield. I know we all got backup cameras now, so it's a little different. Uh, But back in the day, you used to have to turn around to see where you were going. How many know, you can't move forward when you're looking back. In Exodus 11, that's exactly what the people of God did. They were out of Egypt, but they were in the wilderness. And I spoke about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, But they just kept remembering just the good things about yesterday. Like to them, it was like about fish and, and garlic. And I mean, that sounds amazing. Don't get me wrong. But maybe they forgot about slavery and tyranny and no freedom. And some of us, we like to like look back at our broken places. Like the the rearview mirror is what we're looking at. And we're just remembering like, oh, the fun times and the friends. And, oh, I didn't have to like work so hard to to be better and I could just kind of do whatever I wanted, but are we forgetting like the the shame and the sin and the heartache and the hurts it caused and the emptiness that we feel? I want to encourage you to get a new mirror. Quit looking at your yesterday. You get into the Word, you get close to the Holy Spirit, and you're going to start seeing face-to-face your future, who you're really called to be. That's great. Anytime our yesterday looks better than your tomorrow, you are allowing your soul to become a slave to your old struggles. Wow. And God wants to set you free. Jesus has come to set you free indeed. But we got to stand firm. We've got to stand and stay free from that. Yeah. Romans 6, verse 6. We know our old self was crucified with him that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Your old self is gone because of Jesus. So quit looking in the rearview mirror. In fact, anytime you glance at, look at the rearview mirror, it should actually give you gratitude. It's like, God, thank you so much. I am not who I used to be. And I can start looking forward, but he who began this good work in my yesterday at salvation will complete it in my redemption. And your redemption is in your future, and it is a future filled with freedom. You are a child of God. The Bible says you've been made by him in his image chosen by God, fearfully and wonderfully made, blessed and highly favored. You are the head and not the tail. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. You are not a servant of your God. You are a friend of God. You are actually family with God, His personal handiwork. That should fire you up. Not to look into your yesterday, going back to the yoke of slavery, but see into your future. That God has started that is not done yet. We are moving into brighter days. You are walking into more freedom when you get your viewpoint right. You need a new mirror. It is the Word of God. I think it's also the right relationships with the people of God around you. Yeah. Yeah. We're called to be mirrors to each other and like maybe speak to places of insecurity and fear or, or even hiddenness, not to, to hold something against a person, but to remind them this is not who Christ has called yeah. them to that's be. Great. In other words, you need right relationships in your life to speak the truth in love to you. So yeah. that's why some people pull out of community they're afraid that people will get to see who they really are and and dismiss them one thing i believe god is truly building in our community of faith and here at hillsong kansas city is that we can see people just as they are but we can also see them through this lens that christ is up to something great in their life and so when we do speak the truth we always do it in love and we don't ever highlight something to hold them back to who they used to be or to hurt them We only do it to help them become the everything that Christ has called them to be. When Jesus went to the cross, you've been forever delivered of the authority of the enemy. Sin, shame, bondage, and brokenness have no place in your life anymore. Third and final thought for us today as we're learning to stay free, staying free, is that we cannot go down the broken roads again. So often I see believers get a little hope for their future a little excitement about the things of God, but they never detour off that same cycle that they've been in that leads them down to broken places. I think we have got to fight for the future God has for us because today's complacency becomes tomorrow's captivity. Any area we just feel like we're just gonna settle down because it feels good in the moment or it's comfortable. Some of you have gotten so comfortable in the chaos of life, it is time for you to take a new route, which means you're gonna have to put your hands on the wheel and steer away from the direction you've been going. Yeah. Biblically speaking, that's called repenting. And maybe you need to repent from some of the sin cycles in your life, knowing that the God of all grace has already accepted you and received you. But we got to make the decision, I'm just not going down this road anymore. I'm going to detour off because I don't want to go to the broken places anymore. One of the most painful things for me as a pastor, and yet I fully understand it, is when people just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. And Apostle Paul wrestled with that too. He's like, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. And, and so none of us are going to be perfect. Man, Apostle Paul struggled with it. Man, I, Kyle Turner's going to struggle with it too. But what we want to do is make a clear definition is this is not the direction of destiny for our life. That's a broken place. So we're not going to go into slavery to sin anymore. No, we're going to be really free, staying free, steering in to the wide open spaces and the future that God has for us. It says in Isaiah 43, a passage I spoke about just a while back, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Um, Can can you perceive it? Uh, I'm making a road in a wilderness. I'm making rivers in a desert. And when we more we keep our eyes on Him and the freedom that we now hold because of the gift of Jesus, we, we can get a new GPS that directs us to places of destiny and purpose. Not back to Egypt, not back to the yoke of slavery anymore. Not back to the burdens and baggage of our broken places, but we get a new GPS leading us into the divine ordinance of heaven for your life. Interesting passage, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Maybe, maybe the most misused scripture on the planet. God speaking to the prophet for his people that are in exile, and it says, "I know the plans I have for you," yeah, says the Lord. See, we all we don't always know the plans. Yeah. But to know the plan, the closer you get, the more you allow the Holy Spirit to, like, GPS align you yeah. off the broken roads and onto yeah. the blessed places, yeah. the more His plan becomes a reality awesome. in your life Great. and in your world. Awesome. In other words, God says, I have a preferential, I have a preferential ending for you, mm-hmm. and yet your preferences have to become my preferences yeah. in order for you to experience the ending I have in store for you. Yeah. Some of you, like, you've gone down the same struggle and cycle for far too long. And what is holding you back is just you haven't quite come to the end of your road yet. You you maybe even enjoyed the journey. But your future is so much greater than your current reality. The plans that God has for you are altogether good. They give you a hope and a preferred ending. Something that is good. And so don't go down that road anymore. I don't know what that road looks like for you. I just know that Jesus walked down that road of sorrows, that that via de la Rosa, the road of pain, the road of suffering, so that we could receive this road of grace, this fresh new beginning in freedom and fulfillment in our inside world. What is the hang-up you've allowed to occupy your heart for far too long? I'm going to finish with one final thought. So glad that you tuned in. I hope this is speaking to your heart. You know, we have the Olympics around the corner, and I love me some Olympics. (laughs) Maybe my nationalism. Um, I am cheering for America in sports. I didn't even know we're sports. And I'm still pretty sure they're not. Um, Gymnastics, those girls, that is a sport. Those guys, that is a sport. Anybody can do what they do. Rhythmic gymnastics, where they're twirling ribbons. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. That was just church. Uh, we could have got some gold medals back in the day. But I love, I love track and field more than anything. I just love the thought, it's just you, or maybe it's a relay, and it's just you versus the other guy or the other girl. And whoever gets it done the fastest, whoever jumps the farthest, whoever gets there the quickest, they, they win. Now, you are not in a race with anybody else, but you are needing to get on pace with your purpose. Your purpose, your freedom, your fulfillment is not by being better than anybody else, but about being being close to God and letting him fool you on to the beautiful future he has in store for you. Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes, brothers and sisters, in other words, church family, "I, I don't consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. He's talking about a prize. He's talking about the end goal, the destination that God has for him. But this one decision I made, this one thing I do, I'm forgetting what is behind and I'm straining towards what is ahead. Yeah. Uh, I love at the end of a race that they, the, the sprinters or even the long distance runners, they just they lean in as far as they can. I just tell you right now for us, there is something so beautiful for your future. It is lean-in season. I think the more you're leaning forward, the less you're sliding back. You're not sliding back into slavery and sin cycles anymore. No, you are leaning, what are we leaning in? We're leaning into freedom we're leaning in to soul satisfaction from the presence of the living God we're leaning in to intimacy and closeness with Him with godly community encouraging one another we're leaning in to this family of faith we're leaning in and serving other people not just allowing other people to serve us and if you can make this a lean in season I guarantee you it will be a winning season for your life let me pray for you before we go Father God I thank you so much for the opportunity to speak your truth to your people. Maybe they don't even know it yet. Maybe they feel far from you. But God, I thank you, you are coming close to them. For those that have been trapped in sin cycles, in shame, in guilt, in people-pleasing, in performance for others, Lord, I thank you, you are setting them free in Jesus' name. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I thank you. You are making them a new creation in Christ. And Lord, we are choosing to stay free. We are staying free. We're letting your word wash over us gently. We're getting a new mirror of how you see us. Not so that we can try to fulfill something in our own power, our own fight. No, that we can just receive our sonship and daughtership directly from you. And Lord, I thank you that we're not going down broken roads of unfulfillment anymore. They did not satisfy, nor will they ever will. It is you that satisfies our soul. It is you that gives us freedom. So I speak life, freedom, and your beautiful future. I thank you for brighter days for our church and for your people. In Jesus' name, amen.